This week's episode of Core Lords is brought to you by the Better Beer Zero Alcohol Option. Uh, I'll tell you, one of the best things that's happened to me in the past 18 months is the proliferation of all of these uh, non-alcoholic beers. Like, I love beer. I love the taste of it. I love the refreshingness of it, the fizz. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I realized after drinking all these, uh, you know, this one is, I think, 0.5% uh, alcohol. I've realized that I actually am not that attached to the alcohol. It, it's more just the, the flavor and the refreshing zing of it. So, uh, I mean, this is a ripper. Like, what an epic opportunity to be involved with. Uh, you can pick them up at Dan Murphy's or BWS. And sick, man. And as an aside, like, fire out, better beer. They're backed by the lads from Inspired Unemployed, which means that we're right now sandwiched between two of the greatest comic blue-collar geniuses of our time, uh, that being the Inspired Unemployed lads, and uh, on the other end of the spectrum, the Batuta Advocate lads who uh, look after our other advertising and and sponsorship deals. So uh, what a great place to be in. Support blue-collar comedy. Get some zero-alcohol, better beer, beers India, or any kind of better beer beers India. But uh, yeah, frothing on the partnership and the zero alcohol option. Well played. Ain't That Swell presents Core Lords. Whoa, what a treat we have for you today. You talk about Core Lords. There is no one more core on planet Earth than Luke Shepardson, the winner of the Eddie I Cow Invitational event that ended just last week a North Shore lifeguard, the son of a single mother, uh, you know, who's lived a hard graft life and just absolutely put on a clinic of commitment, courage, and just selflessness. Uh, You know, what a performance, man. Uh, What you're about to hear is pretty mind-blowing. Just running regular duties as a North Shore lifeguard. Uh, It couldn't be more in memory of the great Eddie Icow himself, a lifeguard who passed away, as many of you would know, trying to save the lives of several people who are all on a boat voyage that he was on that capsized in a uh, turbulent strait off the coast of one of the islands in Hawaii. He swam uh, for, for land and to try and save his fellow crew members, uh, but sadly... Uh, was never found. And, I mean, you just think of Eddie's memory and you think of what this guy, Luke, has achieved and it's cosmic beyond belief. Uh, I was so frothing that he gave us the time. He's very much, uh, you know, media-averse, just trying to keep his head down, work, surf, and provide for his family. Man, I respect the absolute fuck out of that. Uh, They don't come any more heroic than this guy, in my opinion. One of the great moments in the history of surfing. Uh, it got me right in the feels. And, uh, yeah, all the, all the love and power in the world to him, uh, the rest of the North Shore lifeguards over there, his family, and uh, the North Shore community that he hails from. How are you feeling, man? Well, I'm doing good. Oh. Over the moon, there's a lot of interviews, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I can't imagine, man. It must, uh, I mean, like, what are the most surreal parts of this journey? Um, 
everything uh <laughs> it's always been like the biggest biggest dream of mine to uh <clears throat> to surf in the event and then to win it is like i can't believe it's like still trips me out every time i say it man it was so crazy to watch like for sure one of the most emotional events i've ever copped in surfing i can't think of too many like i mean i guess from an australian point of view like nathan hedge at chopes this year like owen win and bronze yeah yeah Olympics, uh-huh. like like in the back door shootout watching you know uncle mike fucking go ham out there um you know like there's a couple moments a slater winning pipe last year that that re- really got me but this one when you got lifted up on in your lifeguard uniform like and you broke down man i started breaking down like it was the optics of it was just too much for me yeah i was i was bawling my eyes out i was tripping man what a moment like i mean i gotta thank you like just on behalf of you know all blue collar people um you know you, you beat the world's best in the world's best conditions and i can't tell you how many ordinary people that that's inspired like you know you wouldn't maybe know it but back here in australia like i had mates going fuck i had to go for a run after watching that <laughs> just to run it off they were like that flared up no i'm um, super super happy to have inspired people that's really cool to hear <laughs> so sick man tell us a bit about yourself and uh and, and the family you're from like where did you grow up and uh you know what did your folks do for a living i was chatting to um Cole Christensen the other day and he was saying that your dad was like a a, a referee at his mud pit fucking degenerate fests back in the day so your dad sounds like he's uh, <laughs> seen a bit of shit yeah yeah uh, so I was just born and raised here on the north shore uh kind of just another one of the lower uh my family's income wasn't very much. Uh, my mom and dad were divorced when I was little, so I was, grew up in a single, like, had a single mom, and my dad was doing what he does, and yeah, so they were uh, just, like, really happy for my mom to keep us here on the North Shore. She did everything she had to to provide for us and keep us afloat out here. I'm really glad she survived the struggle of the north shore and kept us here because it is not easy um but then yeah my dad he's a he he does what he does and uh yeah um just grew up out here learned how to surf out here went to sunset elementary and then went to kahuku high school and then dropped out in ninth grade and tried to be a pro surfer for a while and then i realized i wasn't making it in pro surfing so started doing started working and then um had my first son and that's when i realized i needed a legit job that i'd be able to provide for my family and uh that's what i got into lifeguarding and yeah Oh, that's a man. That's an amazing story. I mean, um, you know, I guess you're like you're a little bit younger than than John, right? John Florence, but similar, very similar stories. I guess both raised by single moms on the North Shore, and couldn't have been easy, man. Like the the way that you know the the, the cost of rent and um, 
cost of just to live there it's been you know it's always going up uh it must have been a yeah, serious yeah. grind at times yeah my mom and john john's mom were actually they were real close when we were little and then as life happens kind of grew apart but i was just my mom was looking at old photos yesterday and just like showing me all the photos of my older brother and john john are like the same age or a few months apart and there's photos of us all in the baby toddler size like one to three years old four years old running around naked and stuff (laughs) pretty classic old photos of the baby days on the north shore yeah i love that man and uh i was raised by a single mom too and the single moms definitely stick together and um you know provide each other a lot of support and stuff and it's cool that you guys had uh had that that kind of community going over there because it it, it's important man you kind of i guess they need that the moms when they're in that situation yeah for sure man um tell us a bit about like you know just becoming a north shore lifeguard like i mean how big of a deal was it to to get inducted into being a north shore lifeguard and also growing up there like you know what kind of a presence um does, does that crew ha- have on the have on the beaches there i know like some of the all-time greats that have um come before you derek derner uh, among them but uh eddie Ike, obviously um yeah talk to us about just just the north shore lifeguard kind of culture yeah um it's really cool uh they are they're uh really grateful to have them when i was growing up i've been rescued quite a few times being when i was little trying to push my limits uh and uh my dad the day after he met my mom before we were born my dad almost passed away and the lifeguard saved him and then that's how him and my mom got together and so if it wasn't for the lifeguards i wouldn't be here today <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah um it's uh really cool to be a part of the lifeguards because it's uh feels really good to give back and help other people and keep people safe and get them home to their families happy safe and alive every day and uh yeah Man, it's a treacherous gig though. Like I was, um, when I was over there, I was chatting with Mick O'Brien and he was like, fuck man, like the first gig he got, he like started at Waikiki and then like moved to the North Shore and they're like, oh yeah, well, uh, you get to do rock piles. <laughs> like that was his first job. Yeah. Fucking 20 foot for three months. And, uh, it's just like come from dead flat ocean to, um, the, you know, fuck, the heaviest stretch of ocean on, on the planet really. I mean, talk us through some of the, the heaviest situations you've been a part of in that job. Yeah. Um, like same with me when I got in, I was on the, uh, West side for a year and a half. And then when I got put up here is it's where I wanted to be is up here. But, um, seeing some of the things that people get themselves into some of the tourists and stuff not knowing what is what's going on in the ocean or how dangerous it is they go into some very extreme situations uh rock piles is one of the craziest places because keiki is right there and there's all the uh there's a lot of vacation rentals right there and people show up and see a beautiful white sand beach and blue water and think it's all all good and then all of a sudden 
they showed up during a lull and they jump in and then there's waves that come and slam them and the current pulls towards the rocks and then all of a sudden you got to jump in and grab them and try to get them away from the rocks or climb up the rocks with the person and yeah it gets wild fuck man you must have lost count how many times you've had to do that when you describe it like that it's such a easy trap to fall into yeah it's uh it's happened quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) man and before we get into the day i'd just be interested to know like um you know who's influenced you or or, or mentored you through this journey like um you know and and like who are some of the guys you come up with like who's your generation i guess it's like landon mcnamara and and that kind of that kind of age huh yeah landon's one of my best friends Kalaw grace uh I'm kind of similar ages with Nathan Florence and Ivan Florence. We grew up hanging out all the time. Um, Mackay, McNamara as well. Uh, there's so many. That, yeah, it's hard to name them all. <laughs> yeah, and, and who helped you? Like, they kind of, do it, yeah. Who helped you? Uh, yeah, who did you look up to or who was like – um, you know, instrumental in helping you achieve like uh, what you've achieved in surfing, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't be where I am without Uncle Liam McNamara today. He has helped me out. It can't even number the amount of times, but he's the one that is. He took me on my first surf trip around the world and uh, helped me get to where i am today he is a huge part of my life and i can't thank him enough for that oh, that's amazing man and um you know let's get into the event like fuck i mean obviously eddie a lifeguard who died trying to save people's lives like um you know when you're competing in an event like that did it feel like you were representing more than just yourself in the event um I'm not too sure, but I, I didn't really think of that when I was surfing. I was just thinking of going out and getting in safely and having a good time and putting on a show, but doing it as safely as possible. <laughs> yeah, man. And um, I mean, how do you do that on a day like that? Kate? What, what is your strategy in terms of um, you know, the waves you were looking for and just also, I guess, avoiding getting cleaned up? Yeah, um, I have my specific lineups that I sit on, and I've surfed it quite a bit, so I know the kind of wave that I'm looking for. And uh, I knew I still had to work that day, so I knew I couldn't... I didn't want to push it too hard to where I came in hurt and then was out of work, so I, I tried to look for the waves that came to me and had what I looked for in a wave out there, and... Um, yeah, it, uh, it all worked out in my favor and I'm so oh, grateful for it. Man. I love that. That's unbelievably cosmic, eh? It's like, cause you were putting like service over yourself. Um, it's almost like the waves just chose you like Eddie or God or f- whatever it was just was like, yeah, this guy's, he's completely, uh, got his heart and mind in the right place, like, and, um, and you just got fully rewarded. Yeah, there was that. There's one point. I think it was my second heat. I forget exactly, but 
I was kind of sitting on my lineup and everyone was a little like a little away from me and this giant turtle came up about 10 feet right in front of me and just stared at me for about 10 seconds and then went under and bailed and I felt some very spiritual energy come from that and it was it was really trippy <laughs> that's <laughs> really amazing. cool that's so sick and in uh in terms like the the heaviest or, or even just most memorable things um that you saw either from the beach or from the water that day like what will live long in your memory What'd you say? What will oh, just remain like, in my memory? Yeah, just the most memorable things from uh, from either being in the water or, or even on the beach. Um, yeah, there's a lot of the there's a lot of things, but seeing that turtle come up and just stare at me that was really really cool. Um, there's a uh, my waves. Obviously, they were a lot of fun. Um, yeah, kind of. There's a lot of things that just keep randomly popping in my mind. It's all in there. Just some things are triggering other little memories of it. And it's, uh, yeah, I, there's too many to, to explain. <laughs> yeah, man. It was a day of so many just incredible moments. Like, obviously, yeah. Mike and um, Mike and Ross. Like Mike's one was fucked up. I, I was tripping on that. Like, the guy is 65. A week ago, he's like trying to pack it at like one of the heaviest days I've ever seen at pipe. And, and then he's like steep and deep on a nuts one. Ross gets belted. Yeah. I, I didn't really see, I mean, I seen the waves they were going for, but I couldn't tell really what happened. But in my heats, uncle Mike was just making me crack up. He was just telling jokes and just making me laugh the whole time. It was hilarious. And then in my second heat, when Ross and Uncle Mike were in the heat, that was even more funny. Ross is he's so so funny, such a classic, and he was just sending it too. But him, he's such a legend. No vest, no nothing, just out there in boardies and a rash guard or in the jersey and just going for it. It's, it's really really admirable. Like he's such a legend. Fuck, that must be so inspiring seeing those old school guys with their old school mentality. No, no flotation devices. Yeah, and shit. Fuck. yeah. The old school guys are legends, man. They they paved the way for all of us to do what we do, and without them, I don't think we'd be here today. <laughs> Fully, man. And, and just in terms of the, your own waves and your own performance, like talk us through some of our, you know, the, the things that really stick out in your mind. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there is one wave that I, the first wave in my second heat that came right to me and watching the clip back, it doesn't look too critical of an airdrop, but in the moment it felt like the, I was about to jump from the top. I thought I was going to just get launched for a second, but then I stuck with it and did a little tail tap airdrop and. That was a really, really fun, memorable ride. Like, that one's ingrained in my mind. <laughs> so sick. Yeah, the, the footage, to be honest, like, doesn't really do Waimea justice. It's not until you – you, you kind of know that, though, from having watched it over the years. Like, it's not until you see the, the still photographs that you just like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Like, the amount of ocean in, in those things is, is – like, there's no way really like that. Yeah, the – exactly the, the – 
the videos don't really do it justice. The photos kind of do, but <clears throat> you have to be there and and see it live in person, and that and that makes it gives you the real thing, <laughs> the 100%. real experience. Yeah. Uh, it is crazy. Oh yeah, and I bet. Uh, then talk us through like just paddling into one of those things, man. Like far out. You mean if you think the still photos make it look scary? Oh man, committing to one of those things. Holy smokes! Yeah, everything in your mind is telling you not to do it, but you gotta overcome that fear and sack up and go for it. <laughs> And then you get to the beach, man, and it's fucking like Woodstock on the sand. There's like there was literally like it looked like fucking fifty thousand people. Yeah, there. there was the the crowd was crazy as such such good energy when you got to shore. Everyone was cheering and clapping, and really really special day to be a part of. But then you're also on duty, so like you got one eye on what's going on on the beach. Like some of the the cleanup sets, the way they roll up the beach there, like they were threatening to drag people into the shore, right? Yeah, we bit, we were we were yelling at people all day long, trying to keep them back to listen, like stay behind the caution tape, and people weren't listening and and stay away from the river mouth because we had a few people get flushed into the river and. Yeah, it was it was a very busy day of lifeguarding on the beach. Man, and one of my favorite images from the the day as well was seeing you like out there dabbing up like KK's chin after she got nicked like after that beating. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy shit. Like you're a medic, uh you're on you're working but you're in the event like yeah, talk did you have to take care of many of the athletes that day after they got got flogged? Yeah, the uh, the only two the, uh, athletes from the contest were uh, KK and Lucas Chumbo. They both got some serious cuts. And uh, most of it was just spectators on the beach trying to keep them away from the water's edge and keep them from getting swept into the water or pushed into the river. Yeah. And what was the deal with Chumbo? He, got, he tried to that floater and, and just must, that board must just open his leg up. So what happened? Um, I he did the floater and he fell and he came up and he seemed to be fine and then it was actually the next one which wasn't too big of a wave but his board was right like a foot away from him when he went under the next wave <clears throat> and I think the lip just landed on his board and pushed it straight into his leg. Oh, yeah. I think it was the fin got him or something. That's uh yeah. Fuck, that's gnarly, man. And and what about your captain, man? Like, what was he saying? Is you're just like fucking making this crazy run through the event, and you're on duty? Like, uh, yeah. How are the other lifeguards, um, kind of rallying around you? Yeah, everyone was super stoked for me and just giving me words of encouragement and stuff. And I'm super grateful that my captain helped me uh, get all the proper paperwork in so that I could get my leave approved so that i could surf my heats because you're not allowed to surf contests on city time so i had to use my own leave to surf my heats that way i didn't get in trouble <laughs> no way okay, so yeah he is he helped me out so i'm super stoked <laughs> yeah that's classic and uh then i saw you were greeted by kalar grace just after winning uh i mean far out that must have been emotional like how did that feel given what he'd just been through 
Yeah, uh, so I was on his case as well. So it was super, super scary to see a friend in that position and to be there to help him was like, I was, it was really hard for me, but I tried to do the best I could to help him. And, and I'm glad EMS was there real quick and um, he's doing real good. And I'm super stoked to see him after the contest. He was watching from home all day. And then he, when he thought that I won, he jammed down to come give me a hug. And I, I love him forever. <laughs> oh man, that was the moment, dude. So sick. And uh, finally, man, yeah, like how do, how do you guys celebrate over there, North Shore style? Uh, we haven't had any celebration yet. I've been at work and uh, stuck in the tornado of media and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to do a family dinner and then we're going to have a party in town pretty soon here. I love that, man. And and, and what is the what is the future uh, looking like for you? Like, um, yeah, what's, what's the plan? And um, yeah. Um, as, as of now, I'm not really looking to be a competitive surfer. I've never really been a good contest surfer. Uh, but I definitely will still be chasing big waves around the world and going around the world and surfing because surfing is what I love to do. Um, and now I have a little more opportunities to do that. But I'm still going to keep working and providing for my family. And, um, yeah, we'll just take it as it comes. And when I get my vacation leave and hopefully it lines up with swells, I'll be on my way to the swell. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, man. I'm, the term working class hero gets thrown around a lot, but uh, I don't think anyone has encapsulated it in surfing better than you, Luke. Fucking icon, brother. Oh, Thanks thank for providing you. that, man. Like, what a, what a rocket up, everyone. So sick. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, brother. All right, take care. I'll, I'll uh, speak to you down the track. Sounds good. Dude, Thank right. you, Jed. Have, have, a, have a good day.